Hello, and welcome back to the ABCs of podcast series, where we at Avoid Consulting address the most complex problems in B2B and B2C businesses and make them as simple as ABC. Here, we'll be sharing the newest marketing, business, and sales technologies and strategies, highlighting stories from top leaders in CX, sales, and IT, and hearing from them as they provide valuable knowledge on industry best practices or their viewpoint on the most cutting edge technologies or management approaches. I'm Anvi Bui, founder and principal consultant here at A. Bui Consulting. In today's chat, we'll be exploring the world of sales and marketing. The interlock between these organizations is even more critical as digital transformation continues to change the way each group interacts and delivers an ideal customer experience for their audience. To explore this concept with an even more unique lens, we have Trenton Davis, a sales, marketing, and storytelling veteran. By day, Trenton Davis is a regional sales manager and an effective leader of people for one of the world's largest instrumentation companies. By night, however, Trenton has clocked more than 10,000 hours of stand-up comedy over the last 14 years performing in over 10 different countries, 42 states, and thousands of cities. Welcome, Trenton. Thank you so much for having me, Anvi. I'm excited. Of course. Thank you for being here. One thing that I do want to start this conversation um, bringing up is a little-known fact. Uh, when I was a speaker at Dreamforce, one of the people I actually talked to beforehand and asked advice from was Trenton. So we met up for lunch, we ran through my, my script with him and my speech and looked for ways to incorporate elements of interaction with my audience and storytelling and really taking a complex um, idea, like what I was discussing. It was the, the MVP that I ran uh, across major organizations. I knew that there were a lot of moving pieces and I wanted to be able to distill that down and really connect with a very large audience. I sent a message to Trenton and uh, he happened to be in town. I, I really value that. And I just wanted to start by saying, you know, Trenton, you're definitely somebody I respect very much. I really appreciate you being here. Thank you. So I'm uh, equally excited and I res my respect is 100% mutual. I'm excited okay. with what you're doing. Well, let's just get right into the questions then. I do kind of want to let our audience know uh, really why I wanted to have you come here. I talked a little bit about how you blend the lines between this businessman and, and the passions that you have outside of that. Yeah, um, I guess first and foremost, I would say I'm a father first, right? Or a, or a human, right? Or so first. Um, and then I moved from there to, um, you know, I have a day job, right? My day job, I, I work for a company. And like you said in the intro, um, regional sales manager, and I cover the West Western United States. Uh, and I sell through our distribution channel. Um, for the last 14 years, I've been able to also uh, hold down a stand-up comedy career or create a stand-up comedy career. And um, like you said, I've been able to perform 42 different states and uh, yeah, 42 different states, 10 different countries, blah, blah, blah. Um, I think I think what as I've gotten a little bit older, not that old and a little bit wiser is I've figured out my quote unquote Trenton sweet spot 
Um, I, I found that when I was younger, I, I operated in uh, silos. And so this was the comedy part of my life. This was the father part of my life. This is the relationship part of my life. This is the day job part of my life, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and I think um, as we just get a little wiser, what I've been able to do is blend those lines or blur those lines. Even at, even at work, you're getting funny. Even at work, you're getting the ability to connect with people and to connect uh, and to be able to speak to people. Right. Even at comedy, you're getting the professional trend. You're getting the person that's there on time, that knows how to dress uh, appropriately, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and so, you know, that's what I think it will be some, some fun conversations is how I've learned and kind of been able to marry all the different versions of who we are. Yeah. The thing that I think you just brought up that I would like, I'm hoping you can kind of unpack and, and share your perspective on is what you just said about how you apply comedy in your, or just storytelling in, yeah. in your day job by day. And then at night showing up as that professional and bringing that in yeah. for us as marketers. And, and that's primarily the space that I work in. I think of these customers as people I engage with digitally that we create content for and material for how do we have that humanistic element that we touch yeah. them. We want to be empathetic and we want to get the customer where they want to be um, engaged in sales. Very different, right? Industrial in general. What does that market look like? How do you create and cultivate that customer experience, that ideal customer experience for them? Yeah, I think I think that's a great question. Um, how do I cultivate that ideal customer experience with them? Mm -hmm. All the trends. I try to lead with empathy. Okay. I try to say, if I'm in the position of the customer, what do I want? Right. Sure. And it's a couple different things, especially now with social media and with um, with the pandemic. What do I want if I'm the customer? I want it right. to be done quick. Right? right. I want it to be fast. I want it to be easy. I want it to be safe. Yes. But I want it to be complete. Right. I don't want to have the safety and the, and the quickness uh, and the information, but it not be complete. And I'm still missing information. I'm still missing things. Feel like I'm missing things. Um, I, and this is the truth. I mean, I feel like geniuses, and I'm not calling myself a genius, I'm not doing that, but I feel like geniuses will find a way to make very complex things simple. And that's the point of ABC. That's the point of this podcast. Is how do we take very complex uh, conversations or topics and make it simple? Um, and I feel like that's what we do in stand-up comedy all day long. Right. Sure. Yeah. In marketing, you 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 don't really get to have that human element. We're sending it out to an email address or a display ad, and we just cross our fingers that it touches that that audience um, in the way that we want it to, and we serve them the way that they want to. Uh, why I think sales is such a critical and unique perspective. Even yesterday, when I was uh, talking um, as a guest speaker for an MBA class, a marketing class. There was that sort of, again, dichotomy and that question between marketing and sales. They're just constantly pitted against each other. And my perspective on it, we play both critical roles. I, I love the the way you, you frame it, the dichotomy of sales kind of versus marketing. I don't look at it as sales versus marketing because no, I want us to be on the same side. We can be friends. Yeah, we can be friends. We are friends. We can be friends. We can be. I look at it like this I, I i was reading in one of my one of my books um that said marketing is pretty much 
getting to know your customer better, potential mm -hmm. customer. And that customer can be internal or external, right? But getting to know that customer in an intimate way. And, and if you're if you're we're honest, that's all social media is doing. Social media, whether it's Twitter or blah, 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 just allowed us now to get to know the people we want to get to know better. Right. right? And the ones that are really great, for whatever reason, they have a life that we want to follow. And so now how do we bring that into the professional environment? Right. right? I feel like marketing, when done right they do a great job of equipping a salesperson like myself with information about my customer. And that information could be, hey, these are the problems they're facing. These yeah. are the challenges they're having. And then to your point, now marketing has given me this information. Yes. And now it's my job to understand those problems, understand those applications, and be able to create and tell a compelling story. Absolutely. Right. And so you, yeah. I don't think you can have one without the other. You have no, the marketing. You cannot. Yeah. When marketing is faced with this um, problem statement of working directly with sales organizations or a sales leader, and we want access to the data, we need those insights to be able to run our campaigns, optimize them, understand the customer better. And again, sales has that direct voice of the customer in that way, right? Uh, whatever accounts you're working on, how do we incentivize? or convince or influence sales to do those things that we want them to. Put your information into the technology that we've we've stood up for you. Let us do things on your behalf, send automatic emails, or, or is that too scary? Is that still, <laughs> is it still such a traditional space? I'm talking about sales in industrial spaces. Yeah, God, that's, oh, it's, it's so good. It's so many, it's so many good so points many you touched on. So the first one is how does marketing get sales to really buy into the marketing tools, yes. right? Lead with empathy, right? Um, understand that if you're talking to the VP of sales, uh, what he or she, how he or she is being measured, right? Uh, and that is always the most important is to understand how the person you're talking to is being measured. I, I, I ask that question very early on in any kind of interaction, sure. right? Um, and so when we understand that a person is probably being measured by numbers, uh, maybe maybe uh, margin and blah, blah, blah. And then once you understand how he or she is being measured, then it's very easy to tailor a story to say, hey, using our tools, X, Y, Z tools, right. it's going to increase a volume or increase margin. Right. And that will always get uh, a person's uh, someone's attention. I, but I'm going to specifically talk to what you said. You said in the industrial space. Yeah. And I can talk to this for two hours. I won't. And so just can. shut me up. That can be a part two through five. But it could today, be. Today, yeah. we're going to get the abridged version. I would give you the, the abridged industrial sales. Yes. Somehow we have marketing has to find a way to say these new these new technologies, these new methodologies, right, are not going to lead you to a place where you lose your job. And it sounds... Um, but that is, it's literally that, that cut and dry. So it's, it's protection of their existing space, territory, yes. whatever it is. The value add for them is potentially not that other part. It sometimes marketing gets a little bit, uh, caught up in the snazzy or shiniest new object. And they're trying to do all that level of value addition. Like, look at all these cool insights you get. And you're saying potentially based off of the sales leader that we're talking to, they're just looking for that level of preservation, whether it's just protection of what they currently have. But we need to feel assured 
that our existing space is uh, kept intact. That's that's exactly right. I think a lot about the way that we tell these stories and how we present it based off of the audience that we're trying to talk to. One thing that I do think has a lot of weight when we enter a room is like our gravitas. It's how we hold ourselves and how we present that. So how do you go about finding your personal brand? Oh, that's a phenomenal question. Um, how do I start my personal brand? I think I think I'm going to take a step back and and start with this. I think the only way you can really begin to cultivate your personal brand is to start doing the work internally to say, what are my values? What right. are my values? And right. you, you'll hear me talk often in this conversation of let's make life simple. Let's make life simple. So yeah. my values personally are be a good dad, be great in relationships, whether it's husband, whether it's friendship, whether mm-hmm. it's it's um, son and dad or son and mom, brother, sister, be great in relationships, right? And lastly, have an impact, right? Have an impact. I want okay. people to know that Trenton Davis's life was here and my life matters. Boom. So that's the very short, that's, that's, those are the things that are of value to me, right? And so then we try to say, how do I let allow that my values to manifest themselves in right. everything that I do. Sure. Right. How do I allow my values to show up in everything that I do? So I don't want to be, I don't want to show up to a meeting looking disheveled, right? Okay. I don't want to show up to a show looking disheveled. And then let, but I, I will say this because it's so important. Um, we talk about, we talked about balance earlier and this is challenging and it's a little bit esoteric, but I believe balance goes and it impacts every part of our life. So I'll give you just a very short example. I work on or try to do a set routine every day. My set routine is savers. I didn't create it. It's called savers, but it's silence, affirmations, visualizations, exercise, reading, and writing. Well, the last S is scribe, but that means writing. And so the acronym is savers. My point for saying that is it requires me to wake up probably about two hours normal um, before I would normally get up in order to get all that in. But it gives me, it grounds me. It allows me to to walk into any situation, whether it's day job, whether it's comedy, whether I'm picking up Harlan. It allows me to walk into all those situations grounded and very and, and identifying with my values for the day. Mm-hmm. Right. And what we do, it, that creates those habits and those habits create how the world sees us. Sure. Right. And so I know that's very esoteric and like woo woo. But I really believe that matters. Right. I really. And so that's how I a identify the values that matter to me. B, find the um, find the 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 actions and the sure. consistent actions that right. then make that into a reality. And it's not esoteric to me. I actually a friend just got me reading The Artist's Way. And part yes. of that, too, is to to wake up early to do your daily pages. And yes. it's just to write. And it is it's just to get that out there for us to kind of process um, whatever it is that we, we may not be thinking about. And right. I agree with you that I, I do think it makes us stronger business people. I think that those two are not in conflict. I think that they are actually inextricably linked. Even though this conversation today seems potentially to some as we're talking about these different versions of ourselves. You're referring to the fact that even though you may be doing something different, like you're performing comedy or you're performing for a 
performing for a customer, whatever it is, it is the same trend because you are grounded in the same values and you're still pushing through on those. So one thing I did want to bring up, I actually took a note of this is your team and how you exist today in in the workplace uh, and how you motivate your sales team. I remember you and I texting about a book so that you could have your sales team read it. Tell me why you were looking for that. Oh, that's a good one. You have a good memory. Um, Okay. So I'm, I'm going to start with this adage. It's been told several times and, uh, and, and you'll hear it a million other times before we leave the earth, uh, which is uh, people don't care what you know until they know that you care. Right. Um, mm-hmm. I'm also, um, I'm, I'm on the, I'm going back to school to get my MBA. I'm going to North Carolina A&T. Woo woo. And, um, and so one of my classes that I just recently took was organizational behavior. And we talked all about employee motivation. Uh, and so there's there's this hierarchy of needs, uh, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, and it says we got to get the, the bottom ones done first, right? We got to get the food, water, shelter. But then once you get to the top, it's what motivates you, right? And one of those top motivators is growth and learning and feeling like your life matters. Um, as a manager uh, or as a leader, I can't necessarily shape whether or not you feel like your life matters. I can say, yo, I can I can tell you that, but until you believe it, um, it, I don't know that I have that much influence. But what I do have influence is the learning part and yeah. the part that, the, the, the fire that's ignited by learning new information and again, feeling like you're growing. So the reason that I asked you that is I was hoping that my infatuation with learning um, would translate over with my team and we would okay. be able to look at what tends to be a very normal process in industrial sales, which is every January we have a sales meeting, the managers put the budget on the board, we tell you what you're gonna do, right. talk, you know, we talk about last year's numbers, yeah. blah, 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 you're in a conference room, it's the most boring three days of your life, okay. right? And and we know it and it's not, and, and, and the reality is it does not add value, right? right? And I said, no, and I said, when I got to a place of leadership, I wouldn't do this. Right. I don't need you to talk about your numbers to a whole group of people that don't care about your numbers and that truly don't matter. We can go over numbers one on one, but I'm not going to allow it to take my meeting. And so I wanted to get a book between from you that you felt like could do just that. You felt like a could teach, um, broaden our horizon, but also would just add some excitement and fun to the room. One of the books that um, that I, we read was a book called Extreme Ownership. Okay. And again, and it was a business book, but it could be used in any part of your life, right? right. Uh, by Jocko Willick. I think I'm saying that the correct way. But um, and so anyway, that I know it's a long answer to a short question, but that is why I wanted to do that. Again, my goal lead with empathy. Put yourself in their position. Do you want to sit in a meeting for four days talking about numbers that are going to bore you to death? Or do you want to sit into a meeting, talk, go into a meeting talking about this new information that we learned and how it impacted you and then how you're going to take that new information and totally change how you how you uh, attack your territory this year. Right. How you sell, how you connect to the customer. And when you say all of that, I I get what you're saying. It's what you want from your leader. And if you are a leader, everyone's a leader. It's what you expect of your team or the people around you, even if it's your peers and you're leading yeah. your peers. It's that growth mindset, right? It's a hunger. Yes to learn and to expand your own thinking and understanding. Another one, just to kind of throw into the book pile that I, I, I reread and I just think it's fantastic, is The Effective Executive, Peter Drucker. It, it was written in 19, 
67, I think. Okay. But it's so interesting how relevant it is today mm. in terms of management is management is management. Leader, leading is leading is leading. The corporate culture, which I'm always fascinated by. And even he, Peter, wrote about it back then in the 60s, tries to delve into it. And you read it and you're, wow, that still exists today. Yeah. So even though we're not talking about these crazy newfangled things like artificial intelligence, selling as an art and marketing as an art, it hasn't changed. We're still just people trying to connect to other people. We are still just people trying to lead, inspire, and make the right decisions for our own business. I, I would agree. It's, it's amazing um, how our industry is bereft of great leadership. It really is. Mm -hmm. It is lacking of great leadership. And how do you know? You know by the feeling you have when you come in contact with great leaders, right? This is true. Yeah. Actually, um, your husband, Brendan, uh, shared a quote with me that always sticks with me. And it says, um, when a manager leaves the room, they feel important. When a leader leaves the room, you feel important. Profound. Yeah, he said that to me too. I think he said to us at the same time. And when you read something like that, you want to emanate that. You yeah. hope that you have those people in your circle too. And then what's funny is that when you read a quote like that, you yourself think back to those leaders that you had. But we're talking about what one of your values was, which is leaving a lasting impact, right? Trenton yeah. Davis, um, I met him in my life. Even if it was a short amount of time or a long period of time, I remember the impact that he had. And I, I love that. Okay, so Trenton, this has been such a fun conversation. We always have so much fun when we talk. This is not outside the norm of things that we would otherwise talk about. It just happens to be recorded, and now we get to just share it with others and give them a little bit of insight into our conversation. Is there any piece of advice that you want to share with our audience before we go? Oh, great question. Um, Let me start with just saying thank you for having me. I love doing this. always love talking to you, and I would love to do two, three, four more whenever we get to it. We can talk forever. Um, uh, what, what, I guess what I would leave, leave with would be, um, kind of the same place where we started, which is identify your personal values, take that into whatever you do. I I remember having an acting coach and he was talking about, um, he was talking about how you approach a, um, a audition. And he said, don't make an acting choice where if you get the role, you'll get tired of making that same choice over and over. So I'll give you just a real quick example. If I'm going into a role, I may not want to play a high pitch from, well, I may not want to be Urkel. Then I do that because do I really want to do that voice for the next (laughs) 10 years, right? Poor Jaleel. Poor Jaleel on that (laughs) reference right there. Right? Oh, no. (laughs) But that's a real, right? Now, 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 take that into our everyday role, right? It, it, do I want to make a choice that I'm going to communicate to a customer where he says, oh, I like that choice. And now okay. I have to be that all the time. Okay. Sure. So so if we understand our values, then we can be uh, we can honor and have and have uh, integrity to the choices we make. And I won't say I won't mind loving relationships and valuing relationships for the next 10 years. You won't mind valuing relationships. Right. But if, so that's a is understand your values. Be true to your values. Um, and then. Have your own process. It's not for me to say what a person's process is, yeah. but have a specific process that grounds us um, on, a, on a daily basis, because that truly helps us co- continue to be our authentic self.
Yes, and I'm not going to add anything else because that was so perfect. Oh. Um, so Trenton, uh, thank you again for being here today. And why don't you go ahead and let our audience know uh, how to find you? Yeah, again, thank you for having me. Please um, follow me on, I'm on all platforms at Trenton Comedy. So that's Instagram at Trenton Comedy, Twitter at Trenton Comedy, Facebook at Trenton Comedy. Please follow me, um, come to a show, have a conversation with me. Uh, thanks for having me. It's been awesome. Thank you so much. And thanks again to all of you out there who joined us today. I'm Andi Bui, Principal Consultant at A. Bui Consulting. To learn more about us or to revisit this fireside chat or to see our library of best practice content, please visit us at abuiconsulting.com.